welcome to Arc Reactions Podcast. My name is Dylan. And my name is John. This is episode 153, where we're going to be talking about the New Mutants film. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. If you're new to the show, we'll be talking about things we didn't like, followed by things we did like, and finally giving the movie an overall rating. Uh, as always, we, as John just said, we will be starting off with the bad things, things we didn't like, and there's quite an extensive list, unfortunately. John, why don't you take us away? Okay, so... It's been a little bit since I watched the film, so I'm just as I'm recalling this from memory. But the thing that really confused me the most out of anything was how much how mean they made Ilyana in this. Because yeah, I'm not that familiar with these characters, um, but I don't remember in the things that I've read with Ilyana in it or that that I've seen with her in it, if it's like animated or something, that she was particularly mean. I mean, she's never been particularly nice, but this was just, like, a level beyond. This was some mean girl stuff going on, and I'm not here for it. Yeah, it, it was it was really striking. Like, it, I don't know where, where they got that. Like, um, I thought I knew this story, the one that the, the Demon Bear saga that the movie's built around. But I went and I read it last night because I'm like, I know I haven't read it, but I thought I knew it pretty well. I was thinking of a completely different story. I was thinking of that one in New York where the like trash cans come to life and start attacking people. Which, <laughs> yeah. Which is not this story. That's that's a different X-Men story, I guess. No, this is a whole different type of trash can attacking people. Um, but in the in this reading reading the comic version, like Ilyana's not mean at all. Like she's she's actually quite nice. Like there's some uh questioning by the other members of the team like if she's evil because she was raised in limbo which is a type of hell and but she's really nice yeah i mean she's she's like i'm thinking back to like her uh when she had the phoenix power which was the uh, what the conversation that started this entire podcast by the way 150 something episodes ago yeah Michael that was uh, that was avengers versus x-men right yeah She's she's always been a bit, bit edgy, for lack of a better term, but she, uh, yeah, I mean, she was super mean in this and super racist, and like she's she's Russian. Why would she be racist against Native Americans? Why would I she be, I don't know. Like that was just such a mean nastiness that I don't think it really like you can show that she's a- adversarial to this entire thing without having her be just you know racist yeah it's probably one of those shorthand things that we've talked about before where it's like oh here's some quick shorthand to make you understand this so we don't have to spend time on it but i mean there's shorthand and then there's laziness yeah and i feel like they did enough with the other things that that we definitely didn't need that part especially with all the good portrayals that were in this film that i'm sure we'll be talking about later that one just it, it, it really stood out as like wait you're doing all this other stuff that is you know good showing the good ways that people can treat each other and then you're you're dipping into this trope of like a racism equal mean uh, uh, not and, good and uh to to slightly pivot off of that she she went through some trauma as a kid but trauma does not excuse abuse so with the tragic backstory angle that they went for for iliana was really hollow to me like it just it rang completely hollow i mean i'm sure there are people that because they were abused, lash out at other people and abuse other people. But that's not what we should be portraying. Like we should be portraying, you know, good ways of dealing with past trauma, not the bad ways of dealing with past trauma. 
And again, it does just because someone experienced trauma does not give them carte blanche to be abusive or you know anything. Like that's something that is often portrayed in these in films is you know oh the character's tragic backstory excuses their awful behavior. That's just not how the world works. It, it, like I said, just to me specifically, it ranks super hollow. Yeah, it's the whole two wrongs don't don't make a right. Just because it happened to you doesn't mean you you should go do it to somebody else. Yeah, you should pass the good things forward, not not the bad things. Um, that that was my kind of biggest bad point I think for this film. But I know you have some more. So what what are some of yours, Dylan? Uh, well, I did want to say, while it does have psychological elements, like it's kind of billed as like a psychological horror, it really felt more than of a thriller and it had a real hard time nailing the tone it was going for. It felt like it kind of jumped around the darker themes a little too much. And it, it like, I, I, I love psychological thrillers. I really do. But this felt like it was trying to be too many things at once. Yeah, I, I can definitely see that. Um, when I put it on, I, I don't know how long you let the DVD menu play before you, you started the movie, but it definitely went through like one cycle when, when I put it on. And I was like, oh my gosh, th- this is going to be a horror movie. And then it totally was not a horror movie. <laughs> I was exactly. a little disappointed. <laughs> yeah, I was like all on board for like a, a, a horror movie. That, And again, I absolutely love psychological thrillers, but this was not that. I mean, I think it had some good elements of that. But yeah, I think they were trying to do mix too many things together and it ended up kind of diluting everything instead of, you know, uh, making a really good cohesive theme uh, to the film. Precisely. Let's see. The other thing I had, I have my notes in front of me, so it just takes a quick second. Uh, the mutant po- the mutant powers is an analog for puberty and queerness is really heavy handed, um, especially with things like was it Wol- Wolfbane? Wolfbane, yeah, yeah, going into the uh, the confession booth and and you know talking about. You know, lusting after Danny and all that. I so I was a little confused. Um, maybe you you got this better than I did from from your view of the film. Um, was she branded for turning into a wolf, or was she branded for being homosexual? She was branded for turning into a wolf, thus the W. But I mean, you're talking about a very traditionalist Catholic church. They don't, you know historically have great views on homosexuality yeah that that was my interpretation of that but um when i was talking it over with uh larissa it we weren't there was also the potentially the possibility that you know she confessed perhaps these feelings and you know that angered the priest because yeah as you said she's very uh i'm assuming catholic because she's scottish um, and you're going to confession, which is a pretty Catholic thing. True. Yeah, I guess not a lot of other um, denominations use confession. And the the guy was definitely decked out in in Catholic regalia. Yeah, yeah. So I I I kind of confused myself. I think because I think yeah, if you just go with the strict, yeah, the brand is a W. It's not an H or an L. Um, then yeah, it is for being a a wolf. But I mean, that could also be the the name of the church or, or the town or something too for for all we know they didn't really say where it was and of course what is a upside down w it's an m so that was a little like on the nose yeah. potentially yeah 
True. I didn't, I didn't think about that, but yeah, it could also be an M. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think you're right. I think that is the, the reason, but also she has, if not external, definitely internal guilt about it from being raised, you know, with that upbringing and, and trying to be a part of that religion. So she's definitely, if, if it wasn't coming from outside, it's coming from inside and she's embarrassed and ashamed and beating herself up over those feelings, at least to a point. And then, um, she seems to get beyond that, I guess, during the film, because it seems like her and Danny start a relationship. Oh yeah. Um, the other one I have is, because you know I always complain about this when it shows up. The fighting scenes are super jump cutty and look super cheesy CGI. And I understand that this movie, one, it went through development hell, and two, it really didn't have the budget it it probably needed. But they the CGI looked goofy, and the fight scenes all were like a hundred jump cuts, just continuous. I, I that that's a you. I, yeah. I mean, I think I know that's something you you spot. I I must have a blindness to it or something because every <laughs> time you say that, I'm like, oh, I didn't notice. Yeah, oh. it's something I watch for. I don't know. I, I like like old kung fu movies and stuff. So watching you know these way over edited, over produced fight scenes just kind of feels janky. Yeah, but I, I'm sure there's a lot of things behind the scenes that we're just completely not aware of because, like you said, this movie had so many issues coming out uh what came out sometime mid to late 2020 to to whatever theaters were open at the time and then we watched it on dvd within like the last month so that means it's been on dvd for a little bit because i got it from the library listen i know coming out's hard believe me from personal experience coming out's hard but sometimes you just got to bite the bullet and they just took way too long to come out (laughs) <laughs> and that's an interesting way to put it um <laughs> but i think um, it was originally scheduled for 2018 wasn't it so yeah, it took like I, I two and a half years almost to come out yeah it was yeah it's just everything kept going against it you know and like of course the the big rona shut down delayed it for like two years then uh the disney acquisition of fog yeah it was just a a boulder rolling downhill of bad things yeah th- this isn't necessarily a bad thing as much as a disappointment but the fact yeah. that um fox was purchased by disney and this is essentially the last fox x-men affiliated movie we're going to get before disney does whatever they're going to do with the x-men somehow fold it into the mcu and and bring them about uh, in whatever method they have planned for that i thought this was setting up some kind of good stuff like this and the previous uh, X-Men film, which one I I don't even remember. Was that um, Apocalypse? I can't yeah, remember what the uh, last X-Men film was. Apocalypse was a mess. Uh, right, but they were both setting up um, Sinister. Yeah. And now we're just probably not going to get that, or at least not in the same way, because they're essentially probably going to start over with the X-Men but, in the MCU. But looking at how they've handled you know apocalypse for example i've kind of i'm almost okay with them not getting sinister out there that that's fair yeah i mean they they (laughs) definitely could have like butchered it and made it awful um but i don't think did they even really set up apocalypse at all or was that just kind of oh we're doing this because we did 60s 70s and now we're doing 80s like they were kind of jumping a decade at a time with the x-men movies 
Yeah, I, I don't because it's been a hot minute. I don't recall if they've actually set up Apocalypse, but you know, I, I want to say there was, but I can't recall. Yeah, I I don't remember either. Maybe it was a teaser at the end of Days of Future Past or something. Um, but yeah, they definitely were setting up uh, Sinister, and I was I was kind of curious to see where that was going. Like I, to tip my hand a little bit, I thought this was pretty well done for looking at all the stuff it had to overcome just to get out there. Um, I thought this movie was was heading in the right direction, um, X Men wise. So. I was somewhat optimistic that if they got to continue and either combine the X-Men and the New Mutants, since they were both kind of pointing towards Sinister, that it might have been a good, a good movie. But uh, I guess we'll not see that now. Yeah, so unfortunate. Uh, this one's kind of a nitpicky thing, but the whole baby rattlesnake thing is a myth, and the Doctor should know that. I don't even remember that at all, so why don't you explain that? Uh, she says that baby rattlesnakes are much more venomous. Because they don't know how to control their venom, but that's that's completely incorrect. Yeah, she, she's a doctor; she should know these things. Hey, come on, doc. Well, <laughs> I mean, is is that a universal thing doctors would know, or is that something like a veterinarian would know, or a um, like a frontier I mean, type doctor would know, but maybe not <laughs> someone that like works in a hospital? I mean, you know, it's a quick Google search. They could uh they could have come up with a better analogy. Oh yeah, definitely. I, th- that's definitely on the writers. I'm just wondering, like, how universal that is among yeah. medical professionals that to know that, or if that's one of those things. Like, if you were doing medical trivia with a bunch of doctors, would that be a good medical trivia question? Maybe. But yeah, I, I'll give you that. That they they should they ha- they should have a research department. They're a big studio. Yeah. The last thing I have uh, that's strictly a negative is that the ending felt very rushed with Deus Bear Machina. Um, yeah, yes, I will agree with you. The ending did did feel rushed. Like this was a really short movie. I think it was under an hour and a half. Which, congratulations, we finally don't have an extremely <laughs> long superhero movie. It seems like they just John keep gets getting it long. nine out of ten just because. Like it gets points just for not being seven hours long of a superhero movie. I, I swear they just keep getting longer and longer, and I I should be happy about that because I like this genre. But I mean this this was it wasn't paced for an hour and a half because there were some areas they kind of drug about and then they seemed to rush the ending but if they had like given it a few more passes and and paced it for an hour and a half i think this could have been you know an even better movie yeah again it's just exactly like you said john it's the pacing was off for the um the time allotment they definitely paced it for two hours and then like oh we don't have two hours let's go (laughs) All right. Well, I'm ready to move on to good things if if you are. Oh yeah, yeah. I've got a few good things. Okay, I, I'm going to start with the relationship between Rain and uh, Danny. So yes. Um, as I said, I I read the the comic story that this is based off last night just because I wanted to read it and I had a good excuse. Um, and they have some sort of psychic connection when Rain is in wolf form. Now. The, there's a few differences between the comic story and the film version, obviously. In the comic story, that R- Danny is not brand new. like She's been a part of New Mutants for a bit, so they've kind of congealed as a team, which they hadn't, obviously, in, in the movie. So they'd had time to establish this in the comics. But the way they did it here was... Um, well, and also in the comics, from what I've I've heard from people who have read more of it than I have, is that 
there's an undertone of attraction between Rain and Danny that, you know, because it was the 80s, it was, you know, hinted at and not explicit. So I yeah. like that they turned it to an explicit um, uh, homosexual relationship in in the the movie version and that it's not a focal point. I think I've mentioned this a time or two on, on the podcast when we've had um, queer characters depicted uh, on film uh, that I wanted them to get to the point where they're just a part. It's just a part of who that character is. It's not highlighted. It's not praised. It's not um, uh, denigrated or anything like that. It's just, that's just who those characters are. And uh, it is an appro- it is appropriate for what's going on in the scene, and I feel like that's what we did. They aren't strictly their queerness. Yes, that is not the point of having them in there. Is oh, this is the queer character. It's no, this is uh, Danny Moonstar, and she generates people's fears into reality. And this is Wolfsbane, and she turns into a wolf, and and is essentially a werewolf, but on command instead of you know that time of the month. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean that was that's what it is it's when the full moon yeah. it's a specific time of the month um but like they have other defining characteristics their queerness is not their defining characteristic and I thought that was great I was um watching a, a nerdist video about the movie after it came out and they were they interviewed the character who played Danny and she commented about that as well how uh reassuring that was to see well, and, and I want to pivot off of that to one of my good points, is that the actress who plays Danny is uh, Native American, and she is queer. So that is so cool to have a, a person who represents that community and is playing a character that, you know, meshes that well. It's, just, it's so cool to actually have a Native American queer actress representing a Native American queer character. I mean, you can always point towards uh, Scarlett Johansson you know, being playing a Asian character or a character that's supposed to be half uh, uh, Polynesian and like the really bad job that Hollywood's done with representation in the past. What movie was that? Uh, which one? The one with Scarlett Johansson? Because I feel like there's been multiple. Because wasn't she also casting Ghost in the Shell? Yeah, that's what, that was the, the one. Or no, it was uh, Emma Emma Stone playing a uh, part Polynesian actress. Okay. A character. That's what who it was. But yeah, no, there's been a bunch of those like where they went with the name over the actual, you know, character, the design. Yeah, that, so. that's always unfortunate when when they feel like a big name has to carry the thing and and there's very talented and capable actors and actresses who are more in tune with whatever character the character is that's trying to be depicted and they would be a much better choice to one elevate that character and also that actor or actress give them a, a chance at something that they can almost certainly play just as well if not better than a big name character a big name actor or actress exactly and you know just it's just reassuring to see that queerness is represented and that someone's you know actually getting a native american person to play that role and and not having like that stereotype despite the best efforts of uh iliana to have a you know someone who really does represent that it's just super it made me happy (laughs) Now, there's 
one other character in here that um roberto right he's uh i forget what country in south america he's from i want to say brazil that's what i was thinking but somehow that that doesn't sound right when i when i said it uh to myself earlier um that that was where he's from but yeah he's he's from south america and i think the actor is from brazil i think that might be what we're thinking of henry zaga is yep he's brazilian as well so yeah i didn't even realize that yeah he is a brazilian actor as well so like they actually took that effort to get people who were representative of the character they were playing and not you know just like like it would have been so easy for them to especially for uh Roberto's character, Sunspot's character, just cast generic person from Central or South America, but they really did dive deep and got a Brazilian actor to play that character, and that's amazing. I mean, to be even more cynical about it, just generic person who's got a little bit of a tan. Yeah, no, it, you know, you are unfortunately 100% justified in that cynicism. But So yeah, it was definitely good to see that they made an effort in the casting of this, which... I mean, most of these people I had not heard of except for, you know, Maisie Williams plays uh, Wolfsbane, which we know her from Game of Thrones. Um, But the other actors and actresses in this, to my knowledge, are not, you know, don't have a huge resume of of films behind them. So it was great to see them get a chance to portray these characters and, and do what seemed to me like a pretty good job. I mean, albeit my knowledge of these particular characters is more limited than some of the other comics characters that we've seen on film. Yeah. Although I did love seeing cannonball. Like that's a character I really enjoy seeing and they, they did a really cool job. Yeah. You, you were talking about the special effects. Like I, I wanted more of him, like more of his stuff. Cause um, yeah, that the idea of that character just seems fun to me. Like if I was, playing the the marvel superheroes rpg which um i've i've never played but i have some friends who, who've played it and it seemed fun to like build your own character i know you played the the dc um online one where it's yeah. kind of like that you kind of just pick your powers and build a look like the ability to blast your way through things and not really get hurt seems like a fun character to play oh yeah he's it, a fun character too and like there's a lot of tie-ins with other things that he, you know, other characters, but yeah, he's a super fun character and a super fun ability. Yeah. Um, yeah. That it was, it, yeah, I, I definitely enjoyed the, the characters it, here in, in the film um, that they chose to use. I noticed from the, the comic book story, they left out magma for some reason. Yeah. Well, they also, they're originally planning on having warlock in there as well. Mm-hmm. Well, in, but, he hasn't shown up to new mutants. Like, you, if you're familiar with Claremont's writing, he's always got like two or three other threads going on. So there's some like cuts to the Star Jammers and to Warlock out in space. Um, but he hasn't arrived on Earth yet. I think he arrives like right after this story takes place. Okay. But they could have easily written him into the story if they wanted oh. to. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying is like they were planning on having Warlock appear. And then they were going to move Warlock to the sequels, but obviously those aren't going to happen. Yeah, that, that's unfortunate because, yeah, I would definitely be interested to see how they would do Warlock on film because he's a weird-looking character in the comics. Like, he's humanoid, but not really human. Like, it'd, yeah. al- it'd almost be like kind of a Groot thing, I feel like, where they'd have to have, like, mocap or something and and 
and it'd be a completely CG character. They actually wanted to have Sasha Baron Cohen play uh, Warlock the Motion Capture. Oh, that'd be interesting. Yeah. Um, and speaking of Cannonball, though, uh, Charlie Heaton, he, he had a very young DiCaprio vibe through this film, both in like the way he looks and his like portrayal. Like, And that's a compliment to my mind is like he had that that just that smoldering intensity to him that was so good southern charm southern charm but like he also like it was also dicaprio-ish and like yeah well i feel like dicaprio's got southern charm like i don't really know where he's from like i don't know if he's from the south i have no idea if charlie heaton is either um but he played a kid from kentucky quite well because i believe that's where the guthries are from yes yeah, yeah, they definitely did a really good job with the characters in this. Um, I also really enjoyed that it was, um, it was. I know you said the tone was kind of all over the place. I appreciated that what they were trying to do with the the thriller, psychological horror type tone, but yeah, I just feel like they didn't go quite far enough. But I was excited for that, and and I liked the the kind of the mystery of we don't really know what's going on. Like if you know a little bit about the characters, you can kind of figure it out a little faster than, than I'd say the average audience goer. Cause you're like, Oh, Danny's power is to bring people's nightmares to life. So you might figure it out a little bit faster, you know, than, than if you don't know that. But I, I did, I tried to just in, go with the movie and enjoy the, the mystery of the what's going on. How do we figure this out? And then of course, yeah, the, the big giant bear at the end is, a little over the top, but yeah. it's it's fitting with a superhero story. Um, I did also love the monster design for the the uh, uh, Ileana's characters, like the the monsters that were hunting her. Um, but I really feel like they could have dealt done with more explanation as to what the hell was going on there. Yes, exactly. Because my understanding of that character is that she was just a little girl and Colossus's little sister. And then she gets taken into limbo, grows up like five years or something there, and then comes back out as the character we saw in the film, you know, like aged more than the amount of time that has passed on Earth. Uh, and also now got this connection to limbo with Lockheed and the Soul Sword and everything. So I don't know where those people in masks fit into all of that. Yeah, that was such a weird... Like, they were extremely cool design. They were very scary. But I would have loved a little more explanation as to what the hell those they were, what they were supposed to represent. Because it was just like, oh, have these really cool design characters with no meat on their bones, both literally and figuratively. Yeah, yeah. The, the other fears made more sense, I think, than, than hers. Um, yeah. Because, you know, Sunspot couldn't control his powers and accidentally killed his girlfriend and then we're not really told or at least I didn't feel like we were explicitly told what happened with with Sam and Cannonball oh, but assuming he we caused were, a mine a mine collapse yeah. uh he he felt claustrophobic in the mine and then his powers activated it's a very small line it's kind of snuck in there right that's what um, i mean like it, it his powers activated in a mine but that we're not actually shown the collapse or anything else we're just we're left to put piece it together is what i'm saying yeah which it's pretty easy to to do um i was looking up imdb and the 
the actress who played Ilyana was in Split and Glass. Um, yeah. I, I think we covered one of those, didn't we, Glass? Yeah, we covered Glass. Yeah. So I guess she had been in a, in a couple other things. Yeah. Um, I did love the Lockheed Easter egg. Uh, that was an interesting choice. Like, yeah. The I thought they were going to say Lockheed couldn't be in the human world, could only be in uh, Limbo, but then by the end of the movie, he comes out and helps in the final fight with the bear. So I guess that that's not the case. But it was it was interesting that he was like a the stuffed uh, dragon that she was talking to. Uh, yeah. And then if she goes to Limbo, he comes to life. Nice artistic touch. Yeah. Also, haha, Buffy lesbian scene. Heavy handed, but like. <laughs> yeah, that came up in that uh, interview, uh, the Nerdist thing I was talking about, that they noticed that. I, I have never watched Buffy, so I, I had no idea. I, I could tell it was Buffy on the on the TV, but I wouldn't know what that scene was because I didn't. Uh, it was just before I started really diving into all the stuff that I watch now. Like, if it came out now, I'd probably watch it. Well, but I was a little bit young I, uh, to be making those choices of what to watch or watch that much TV. I was, you know, as a kid, I was siphoned. Yeah. Uh, only could watch so much TV. <laughs> I will say, I don't know if I'd watch it now because everything going on with Joss Whedon. But, you know, that's a whole nother conversation to be had. Yeah, yeah. Um, nobody's perfect, and I'm sure he's got his faults, which you'll have to tell me because I I'm not up on that. Yeah, news. I'll I'll tell you afterwards. Do you have anything else to talk about? Um, no, I think I've covered most of my good points. Do you have anything more? Just I really really enjoyed the performances from Maisie William Heaton and Hunt. Like they just they knocked it out of the park, and even. To a lesser degree, uh, DaCosta's actor, uh, I thought, did a phenomenal job. Uh, but I, it, he was just such a braggadocious jerk. It was so fun to watch him. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed uh, the the a lot of the cast. It was really cool, and for a very contained film, as far as like the claustrophobia of it. I thought that was a really cool way to like to to portray being locked in this institution, even when they had access to outside. Having such a small cast and, and very tight shots, which is super, is a super neat trick to really portray that. Yeah, I, I'm. A, I agree with you on on all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, I thought they did a quite a good job with this film. Um, I can start in on my final yeah, thoughts. Go, go with it, bud. Um, so. As we've both said, we we enjoyed this movie. I mean, it had its its things that weren't so great, but for the amount of struggle this movie had just to get released, I think it turned out far better than I had uh, than I had predicted. You know, I was expecting to watch this thing and and have it be a, a total train wreck of um, fant uh X three levels of oh yeah. I see a lot of people really didn't like that movie. I thought it was okay. Like I didn't. I'm not on the the hate of X three like a lot of a lot of people are. Um, but you know, Fan- Fantastic Four. I think when we talked about that movie, I was like, it started out so good, and then it just kind of you know fell off a cliff uh, as far as the ending. And I feel like it. This isn't isn't to that level. Like, yeah, it has some missteps and it it's got some pacing issues, but um for an introduction to these characters 
and telling perhaps the most iconic story of these characters. I think they did quite a good job, and I'm just a little disappointed that this is probably the only thing we're going to get with these characters, at least in in the near term, um, because I feel like there's so many other things that um, Disney that now owns Fox and basically all of Marvel with a couple exceptions they're they're gonna bring in like fantastic four and the the main x-men before they dig down and give us anything new mutants so i I have a feeling we're gonna have these characters sidelined for a bit and that's unfortunate because i thought we got off to a pretty good start with it so i would i'm going to give it uh eight soul swords uh, out of ten wow i was not expecting you to go that high this might be one of the ones where i'm actually lower than you uh, not by much, though, but I, mean, I agree on a lot of it. It definitely had some major struggles to get in. It it did a lot of things really cool and really right. Uh, it did some things really, really poorly. And But all in all, I think this was a, a film that, given the circumstances surrounding it, 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 it had its struggles, but it had some really shining moments. There were things I wish they would have addressed more, like uh, Sam Guthrie's powers and, and especially like the self-harm element of it, uh, and, and like really delve deep because I thought that was a really interesting choice for the character, especially considering he's invulnerable while uh, while using his powers, but he feels the need to harm himself, you know, because of what happened. I don't know. It was really cool. Um, unfortunately, the whole character of Ileana Rasputin was just majorly a, a an eh, but everything else surrounding the movie was super fun and super cool i agree i wish we could get more of this i would love to see a, a chance for anya taylor joy to reprise iliana and really bring her into her own but you know who's to say what we'll see in the future hopefully we get we get something like this again hopefully we some weirder and, and we've seen Marvel doing some really cool stuff, like with the heist movies of Ant Man and and the historical, you know, story of Captain America and all the different types of stories they're telling with these different characters. Maybe we can get something like this, or this can be carried over. Who's to say? But all in all, I, uh, unfortunately, I'm just slightly lower than John. I have to give it a seven sinister uh, crystals in the forehead out of ten. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean. I don't know. I guess I could have done gone either way. I, I, I thought I, I think I really did enjoy this yeah, though. I, like more, I enjoyed it more. Th- I definitely enjoyed it more than I thought it. I would. Um, normally, this is where we would uh, cut to the ending of the show, but since Dylan wasn't able to join us last month for his thoughts on the Mandalorian, um, I figured we could give him a chance to Woo-wee. to tell us what he thought about it. So, if you don't want any spoilers about the Mandalorian, feel free to go ahead and end the episode now. And join us next month for uh, whatever we choose to do next <laughs> month. Because at this point, I, I don't know. Um, we're still figuring it out. But uh, you can drop off now if you don't want any spoilers about The Mandalorian. But if you've already seen it, which I hope you have, um, what did you think about The the Mandalorian, both season one and oh season two? Oh, my God. So good. Like, season season two. Okay. I have to address Grogu as a name. That's a choice. They could have gone with a different name there, but you know they chose Grogu for some reason. But is it worse than Yaddle? Honestly, as a as a name, yes. As a character, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
but oh god, everything was so good. The action. Oh my god, the episode where uh, Bill Burr's character came back was so good. Oh my god. Oh, like. Oh, that was one of the most frustrating ones for for Larissa and I because there were so many choices in that episode that just made no sense to to like. I I got I understood that you know it was kind of to set up that conversation between um, Mayfield and, and Din, but like the character choices in that had me like yelling at the TV. <laughs> See, I love that because it it feels human. It feels like Mayfield is someone who clearly doesn't make the best choices in life, and like everything was a culmination to this point where he had suffered and lost so much that he. He had this moment of revenge, and then the the whole ending was so good. Oh my god, that's one, uh, honestly one of my favorite episodes of this season, and that's saying a lot. Uh, oh god, I, season one was just amazing. I loved the characters and the development of the characters. That they all had like they all felt complete. They didn't feel like set pieces. They felt like individuals who existed in this world for a number of years. They had things going on for themselves that we didn't get to see on camera, but were really impactful for the character. Um, I hate that Gina Carrero is such a scumbag because I really like that character, but I don't care if they kill her off. I would love to see her recast. Uh, and uh, There's a big uh, uproar on the internet to have uh, Lucy Lawless take over the role. What, that would be really interesting because I really don't... N- I don't know that I've seen her in much outside of the occasional episode of Xena. So I don't know like what she's been doing since then, but um, she definitely has the uh, action actress chops to, I'd, I'd say to pull it off. And we don't need any kind of explanation like, like, uh, Oh, I had an accident and had to have my face reconstructed or anything like that. Just like recast and move yeah. on. Like, I, and I think that's, I think that's the right thing to do. Cause I feel like it's unfair to the fans to have made such a, interesting and cool character and then to fire the actress for valid reasons and then to just be like sorry you don't get any more of that character for real like lawless has been continued acting she was in she's in ash versus the evil dead from 2015 to 2018 so like she's still around you know she's still acting and still doing you know action type movies you know and she's someone who for all, all everything i can tell is a good person She's she speaks out on LGBT rights. She's pro. Uh, she's an ambassador for Greenpeace. She's like, d- like she does awesome things. And I'm really like I haven't done a deep dive on her Twitter or anything, but you know what Gina Carrera said and her like, it, it, and people are like, oh, freedom of speech, freedom of speech. You know what? For the freedom of speech crowd. They're always like big pro free market, blah blah blah. Hey, the market chose; it just chose against her. You should be happy with this because clearly the market made a decision. And this is a prime example that freedom of speech does not mean freedom from consequences. Yeah, they want to complain about can- quote unquote cancel culture. It's consequence culture, baby. You say some dumb stuff, you're gonna get nailed. It's you know screw it. But yeah, like I would love to see other actor actresses get a chance at that. Uh, it is, Cara Dune is a very fun character, but I, you know, let Gina Carrera go be on Ben Shapiro's whatever the, whatever he's doing. I don't care. Ben Shapiro, no one should care. 
Yeah, but everything else, like, all the characters have impact. I mean, like, the, even the depiction of the, uh, uh, on Tatooine, uh. Oh, um, the guy that had Boba Fett's armor. Yeah. Cab, Cab uh, Cobb. Vamp. Yeah, like, that was such a cool yeah. episode, and, like, they did such a good, and then Boba Fett, oh my god, dad bod Boba Fett, oh my god. That was an interesting episode. That was directed by Robert Rodriguez. Yeah. And they they basically took that episode and basically said, oh, you guys think Boba Fett's overrated? This is why he's not yeah. overrated. I mean, like, everything that all the underdevelopment and underuse initially, and I mean, obviously in the extended universe and a lot of the animated series and stuff, he's really gotten his comeuppance and really, like, been a force, but... This is, the, to my knowledge, the first time he's appeared on live action in a very long time and been, like, a force to be reckoned with. Well, and then they had the actor who played Django play yeah. him, which was cool. Yeah. You know, that, that made perfect sense. Yeah. Oh. I um, Yeah, there's just so much to love about this. And, and what you were saying about, you know, yeah, he's kind of a minor character in Star Wars. That that is, I think you're starting to understand why I love Star Wars so much, is that... Yeah, there's all these minor characters, but then given enough time and enough people who care about the material, they become, you know, important characters if if you choose to, you know, invest your time in in the fandom and read the the comics and the and the novels and watch the now all the TV shows and It's what you put in is what you get out. Yeah, and it, it, there's other fandoms you can do that in like Star Trek and um Doctor Who and you know other things that I'm sure I'm not thinking of at the time but um, this is my fandom it always has been my fandom and unless they really mess it up which I think they tried with 7 through 9 <laughs> um, it, it's go- always but, going but to be my one, fandom but not 1 through 3 <laughs> you, you know I'm not young enough to where those are my favorites and I've seen and met people that you know, are younger than me that, that that is the case, but I'm also not old enough and cynical enough to where I hated them when they came out. Like I thoroughly enjoyed them when they came out. Like, yeah, they weren't as they didn't live up to four five and six, but they weren't the worst thing in the world either. You know what I'm saying? And I'm sure there's a group of people where seven through nine, you know, it, they're they're going this is going to be their favorites and that's not going to be me yeah. but i'm sure there is a group of people who are going to watch those and then come to the mandalorian to the cassian andor series to the you know one that they teased at the end of the end of season two of the mandalorian right, we have to talk the about other this, ones like that they announced boba fett, the book of boba fett like oh my god i am so ready I am so hyped for that. And was it? I'm trying to remember. Was it? It wasn't Ahsoka who stood next to his uh, his throne. It was uh, the other Mandalorian, right? Oh, Fennec. Yeah. yeah. No, no, not not a Mandalorian. Um, Fennec Shand, the the actress who plays Ming. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Ming Na Wen. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh my god. And I'm so hyped. Ming Na Wen is such a butt kicker. And like she yeah, is, uh, Larissa and I were so happy that they brought her back because we were really when we covered uh, season one, we were that was one of our big disappointments was that they killed her off in the same episode that they they brought her in, and then now we find out they they did. Yeah, Ming Na Wen has always been one of those actresses who just 
she she deserves so much more accolades and praise and roles than she's gotten and like she's she's in her i want to say early 50s and i would i would put any actress against her you know especially in action she has the skill she has the know-how she's phenomenal so like yeah i'm i'm so hyped for books of Boba Fett and Ming-Na Wen being a major part of that. You know, if they if they keep uh if they cast Lucy Lawless as, as, as to replace Gina Carano, um I don't know how old um the guy who plays Din is. Uh but it's it's turning into like kind of an expendables in Star Wars cuz <laughs> you got uh um the guy that that gets given him all the job, you know, in the in the first yep. season. It's played by um Oh, why can't I think of his name? You know, he was in the Rocky movies and uh, uh, Carl and Weathers. Carl, yeah, Weathers, Carl Weathers. You got um, Mark Hamill. You got uh, the guy that played Django. <laughs> you you've got uh, Ming Na Wen, and then you'd have Lucy Lawless. It's like <laughs> everyone is like at least over forty. Most of them over fifty. It's you know in in the these cool Star Wars uh, characters. Yeah. Oh my God. How old is Pedro Pascal? I have to look it up because I want to say he's early. Yeah, he's forty-five. So I was going to say he seemed like he was in his mid-forties because we just covered him in Wonder yeah. Woman, and he seemed like around that age. And yeah, the couple times you see him without the helmet, yeah, mid-forties. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> it's it's becoming the the Expendables of Star like Wars. Bill Burr, if Bill Burr makes another appearance, he's in his fifties. So like, <laughs> I w- oh, and well, and the guy that ran the um the mission in season one that he showed up on. Yeah. Like that guy's a pretty famous, uh, um, actor who's looked like he was in his fifties as well. Um, Amy Sedaris is probably forties or fifties. You know, the, the lady that, Oh yeah. She's on Navarro or, or Tatooine 59, almost 60. Yeah. Yeah. I was, you know what? I am here for a star Wars style expendables. Like that is so brilliant. How you put that. I love that. And it would be amazing to see. <laughs> um, not to derail if you have more no, thoughts no. about The Mandalorian, but um, are you looking forward to any of the other Star Wars shows other than The Book of Boba um, Fett? I, I don't know all the ones that are slated. Uh, I think well, I think we're getting it. Yeah, I, I didn't pay too close attention to that big announcement they dropped at D23 or where, wherever it was, all those Disney shows. But I know like the ones that that I'm I'm following are there's Cassian Andor, which he's from um, Rogue One, yeah, and then an Obi Wan yeah, one with Owen McGregor. Uh, Rangers of the New Republic sounds really cool. Yeah, that see that seems something like what the Cara Dune character would would be a part yeah. of. So it'll be interesting to see how they shift that one if they truly are going to write that character out. I mean, they they can find a way to do it. I'm sure pretty flawlessly. I mean, they've set up the type of character with Cardoon so they can just say, oh, here's more characters like her and without having her in it. I'm interested in the Bad Batch. Like, I'm excited to see what that becomes because it sounds... Uh, did you watch Clone Wars? No. And well, it's on Disney+. Plus. I'm still working my way through it, but my understanding is that's a spinoff from Clone okay. Wars. Of course, uh, Ahsoka, which I'm super hyped for. Uh, there's just so much going on here. A droid story, like, (laughs) 
focuses so anime series focusing solely on the adventures of C3PO and R2D2. Yeah, it's like they're rebooting the the old cartoons from the the 80s, like the Ewok Village and the Droids cartoons. Do you remember yeah. those? Oh god, yeah. I I have a couple of those on VHS. I should uh, bust those out and start watching them. They might actually be on Disney Plus too, so I may not have to bust out my VHS. <laughs> Lando. <laughs> Lando. Now, so I heard an interesting thing on that the other day. I think it was Kevin Smith or whatever. Um you, there's two Landos. So are we doing old Lando or are we doing young Lando or are we somehow mixing them? So like old Lando starts the beginning and end of each episode. He's like, let me tell you about the time that I did blah, blah, blah. And then it cuts to the actual episode being young Lando doing the thing that he's telling you well, about. It's not clear if it's going to be animated or live action. So it could be animated. It could be, you know, it's not clear if Donald Glover is going to come back. So it could be Donald Glover. Who knows? Like, I'm just hyped for whatever we get. See, yeah, I, I want that hybrid, though. Like, oh. I want the um, uh, Billy D narrating it <laughs> and then Donald Glover doing it. Oh, my God. That would be so cool. I mean, even if it's ani- even if it's animated, you could still get both of yeah. them, you know? Uh, Billy D to do the, the narration and, and Donald Glover to do the the part where they show young Lando doing it. That would be so much fun. And, I mean, I love Donald Glover, so... Like I'm, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot, a lot uh, announced, so we'll have to wait and see. But yeah, I'm excited, and obviously I'm excited for season three of Mandalorian because, oh, I'm in love. Are you excited enough to watch it week by week yet? No, I love binging. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, this is one of those things where I I had to watch it week by week. Oh yeah, because like, I'm I'm with you there. Like, um, I haven't started watching WandaVision yet because it still has uh one more episode to drop but probably sometime this week or around the time the last episode's going to to drop i'll start watching it because yeah i want to just i don't want to get to the end and be like what i have to wait (laughs) that's yeah the thing is like it leaves on a cliffhanger i'm just like white knuckle gripping my my desk like no (laughs) i mean thankfully we didn't get that too bad with mandalorian like only i think one episode each season was really kind of a cliffhanger into the like the the next to last episode and the last episode seemed to be the times where they would really tie them together super close like the other ones were tied together but they were also kind of an individual adventure yeah. so you you kind of felt more okay going week to week with it than you know something s- super serialized to where you need the little recap if you're you know, you haven't watched it in, in a little bit and, and you're trying to pick back up. You're like, oh, man, now I don't remember where I was. Can we talk real quick about how Pedro Pascal is a is a absolute G, how he is amazing, like, in all ways. And we are we are lucky to, to have him in our existence. Honestly, yeah, like so far, I've seen him in three things, you know, Game of Thrones, this and Wonder Woman and. They're all completely different, but he pulls them all off very well. More so than that, offline or online, off of, off of set, like his sister came out as trans, and he was like ten thousand percent behind, like supporting her, and made the announcement on his Twitter. He's just all around a very wholesome and wonderful dude. Like we, well, that's yeah, that's that good. We need more Pedro Pascal. Indeed, yeah. I mean, it's always it. 
it's always great to celebrate the the good people of the world, whether they're famous or not, yeah. you know, and it's really disheartening. Like every time we start talking about something, you're like, oh yeah, but I don't really want to support that because so-and-so's, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, really, can we have one thing where some, everyone involved, <laughs> someone is not, you know, a bad human being you know it's like we almost had it with this and then you find out about uh gina carano and and what she was doing you know and it's like uh, yeah so celebrate the good ones because the more you learn about people often that kind of falls apart yeah it's just like (sighs) you you celebrate the good ones because and i hate to be that that person because it usually is me going like yeah but i can't support this because xyz and you're like no but like i'm also more plugged in on that aspect so it's one of those things you know yeah i i do that for well one i i try and do too many things so i never have enough time to really deep dive into to everything but also just it it depresses me and i don't want to like be depressed like i know it's important and i know like I appreciate that you're, you know, watching out for me and and telling me these things, but it's like I, I, I want good news. Like I want happy news. I like know. I don't want to hear about all the depressing things. I know. Unfortunately, the times in which we live, right? Yeah, it is unfortunate. Um, but speaking of good things, uh, hopefully we get the vaccine soon and we can return to seeing each other and normal recordings in the same studio. Yeah. And uh, well. I, uh, I'm working on my bachelor's degree, by the way, so hopefully I won't be driving an hour to and from work and it'll be a little more available to, like, record and do stuff. Like, getting back to regular goofy game nights and movie nights with you would be amazing. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I feel you there. You know, I'm keeping an eye out for anything that, that pops up where I'm working at if if I think it, it suits you. And if any of our listeners in the uh, Tacoma olympia area know of any jobs uh you can send them to the podcast way and dylan will be sure and take a look yeah definitely i appreciate you thanking any help i can get but like i say i'm working on my bachelor's so i should have that before the year's out that's awesome yeah you must have been pretty close or had some progress towards it already credits transferred over nice (laughs) so we'll see hopefully uh you know but I think that's going to be it for uh, our Reaction Podcast. I um, hope everyone enjoyed. If you have any thoughts, something we missed, something uh, you want to share with us, either on New Mutants, uh, Mandalorian, or really anything, we just love hearing from you. You can reach out to us at our email at arcreactionpod at gmail.com. You can also leave us a comment on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash podcast. You can tweet our way at arcreactionspod. And you can tumble our way at arcreactionspodcast.tumblr.com. You can find the show on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, and more. Once again, a big thank you to Packy for intro and outro love music. That guy. And yeah, we love that guy. Um, well, once the pandemic is over, then hopefully we can hang out with Packy again too. Oh yeah, definitely. And join us next month for um, something. Our episode. <laughs> I said last month that I thought it would be WandaVision or season two of Umbrella Academy. It'll probably be one of those. But who knows, something else may come along that we're like, oh, yeah, we're doing that (laughs) first. So join us next month and uh, stay safe. Stay healthy. Wash your hands and wear a mask. 
Yeah. And if you can get the vaccine, please get the vaccine. It just makes it easier on everybody else. All right. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. Bye. This has been a Cat Interrupted Production.